Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Assistant Pastor Tim Rogers. Um, we're going to read quite a bit of word this morning, um, but we're going to need it to kind of set the foundation of what I believe God wants to show us this morning. So we're going to be talking about the ultimate essence of good. The ultimate essence of good this morning. All right, so first scripture, we're going to start over in Psalms 119, 68. Is everybody, we got that? Yep. All right, amen. I'm going to go ahead and read. It says, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. All right, so this psalmist is talking about the Lord here. I know that because the pronouns are capitalized, right? So we're talking about the Lord. So he's saying the Lord, you are good and do good. So it's not just that the Lord is good. He actually shows how good he is by what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. All right, let's turn over to Isaiah. Isaiah 5 and 20. It says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Amen. So it's always awesome when the Holy Spirit confirms what he's going to be teaching because we've been talking about everything moving up to this point in the service we've talked about how good god is in our praise and worship this morning we've talked about who we are we're going to talk about that a little bit as well but it all links to how good god is and then the issue comes in when we start calling evil good and good evil all right so let's go over to mark Mark 10 and 17. I'm going to go ahead and start reading. It says, now he was going out on the road, he being Jesus. One came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give it to the poor, and you will have a treasure in heaven. And come, take up your cross and follow me. But he, said, he, but he was sad at this word and went away sorrowfully. For he had great possessions. Amen. All right. So there's a lot in that. And we're going we're gonna to talk through quite a bit of what that is in Mark. But I wanted to start out by saying what we see in society today is a lot of good, evil being called good and good being called evil. Right. We see that all the time. We've already talked about it. You see the news lines. You see all of the things that are happening. Um, and people are justifying it because that's what they want to do. That's right. That's right. right? That, that's the part that really gets in the way is, is that there is no standard for morality. It is, I, I just feel like doing it, so because of that, I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, all of our media streams are pushing this type of lifestyle right. under our noses. Right. And it's called secular humanism. Yeah. And what that means is, is that humans are capable of morality and self-worth without God. That's, that's basically what it means. 
So we're trying to define what morality is in our own selves and that we don't really need God. We're self-sufficient. We can do it ourselves. And what happens when that happens is, is that we get what we get today. Yeah. 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 We unfortunately have kids shooting up schools. Yeah. We've got things happening all over our country. We've got all of these things that are brewing up, and people want to just point fingers and say, well, it's this problem and that problem or that problem or this problem, mm-hmm. when it really comes down to morality as a whole. Come on. Yes. People don't want to be moral. They want to do what they want to do in an instant, however they feel at the time. And it's unfortunate because that secular humanism is a byproduct to other things, all those other isms that we know of. Unfortunately, relativism, I can just do it because I want to. It might be relative for me, but it's not relative for you. That's okay. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as I believe it. It's all right, right? Hedonism, right, which is just that overwhelming, everything in my life has to be about pleasure. I just got to get everything that pleases me. doesn't matter who I hurt. Doesn't matter who I cut off. Doesn't matter who I backstab. Doesn't matter any of that. As long as I'm pleased, it's okay. So I, I want to live that lifestyle. And you can't tell me that it's wrong. So what happens, though, as we continue to go down this trail is, is that we have a society that lives by what I do dictates who I am. What I do dictates who I am. And unfortunately, that's how a lot of people think. Well, if I just give to a little bit of charities, then that makes me be good. Well, if I help the homeless, which I'm not saying none of these things are bad, but what I am saying is is that when you attach yourself to something like that and say that your self-worth comes from that and that you're okay just because you did that, then there's a problem. Because none of that stuff is going to help our hearts. All of the things that are in our hearts all the time that God wants to cleanse out of us through his love, through his blood. But we can't have that if we just say, well, because I gave a little bit to this charity, it's okay. You know, I helped the schoolboy get home. I'm I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right with that. That that builds my morality. Just because I did that, that's okay. So what I do dictates who I am. If my career is good, then I'm good. (laughs) If I'm a good mother, then I'm okay too. If I'm a good aunt, I'm all right. But there's a problem with that. Now we've got to switch to the other side, which is what we've been talking about almost all service is, is that that's not what that should be. And for the Christian, it should be who I am dictates what I do. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Why do I say that? Because we are a crisis. Yeah. And if we are his, then we ought to, that should dictate everything that comes after that. Yes. Not what you do. We can't build a foundation on what we're doing. If we don't belong to him, we're not really doing anything. Right? Right? And actually talks about that in him. We live. We have our being in him. That we're born again, not by corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. It is all about who we are. Apostles have been talking about it. We got to know who we are. We sung it this morning. Know who you are. But if we know who we are, then that really should dictate what we do. So there might be a conflict if we're saying we're one person, but we're doing another thing. That's what everybody else is doing. So as we look at this a little bit in Mark, I want to go through a couple things that stick out, that stuck out to me, all right? All right. 
these are just a couple observations before we, we dive a little bit more into this. The man was looking for answers as, to, as it relates to eternal life. Okay? So the man came up to Jesus asking about eternal life. That was his question. All right? The man approaches Jesus with humility. How do I know that? Because he knelt before Jesus. Right? So you don't go to somebody and kneel before him if you're not being humble. Okay? All right? The man believes Jesus is a good teacher. All right? So because he calls him good teacher, right? Now, but the big part of that is, is that if he's a good teacher, then he must know what an evil teacher is. See, you can't know what good is and, not, and then not know what evil is. There's no way to do that. So if you know what's good, then you have to know what is evil. That, that's, that's what you got to see. So he called him good. All right. Jesus didn't dispute that he was good. So Jesus didn't come back to him and say, well, no, you're wrong, man. I'm not I'm not good. No, Jesus, Jesus didn't say anything toward that. So that's important. And then lastly, because Jesus says only God is good and he doesn't dispute the fact that he is good, he declares that he is God. That's right. Right. So right out of the gate, Jesus is actually telling this man, I am God. It, it had, he has to be telling them that if we just go through what he told them. All right. So the first thing we have to see here is, is that God is the essence of goodness. That's right. yes. Yes. The problem is, is that everything in society is trying to prove that everything else is good and God isn't. Come on. Wow. Because they're always trying to balance this act of, well, if God is good, why? And we're going to get into that in a minute. But. In essence, we can't have goodness without the Lord. Even in and of ourselves, we are not good without him. Jesus just said it. We just read it. The only one that is good is God. So to have goodness in our life, we got to have God. Okay? Now, what was interesting about all of this, though, to me as well, is, is that when this man came up on Jesus, Notice Jesus didn't answer his question. <laughs> Jesus didn't even ask him about, he didn't even give him a direct answer. He asked him a question to follow up to his question. So Jesus has done many things up to this point in scriptures. He's healed people. He's delivered people. He's set people free. He's fed people. So people have seen all of these things that he has been doing. And this one person comes up to Jesus and said, you know what? What you're doing has to be good. Mm -hmm. There is no dispute in me that feeding someone is not evil. Healing someone is not evil. Caring for someone is not evil. Can't be. Right? So he is quantitating what he's saying based on what he knows Jesus has already done. Mm -hmm. He's come to him saying, you are good. So if he knows that, this man... He's asking about eternal life, so he wants God's goodness. That's what you got to see here. But at this point in his life, he doesn't have it. Because if he has it, then he doesn't have to ask for it. Right? So the question is, is that when you look at this, then he's seeing a whole lot of other stuff that isn't good. There's evil all around him. Because he specifically comes to Jesus and said, ah, but what is deeper is what he's saying is, is that there's something about this man. There's something about the foundation of how he talks, the morality that he operates in. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the definition of evil, y'all, 
have you ever looked at definitions? Definitions are awesome, guys. Can I please just put this caveat out there? Don't assume that you know what things mean. I find myself looking at definitions more and more because I don't want to assume that I think I know. Now, evil has been a word that you've heard since you were in elementary school. Everybody thinks they know. But when I looked it up, it's amazing what the definition says. The definition is morally reprehensible, arising from actual or imputed bad character or conduct. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. Are you telling me that evil is actually the opposite of being moral? Yes, I am. That's exactly what evil means. So now the question is, is that where's the baseline come for morality? Because the definition, even by the, uh, the dictionary, by the definition says that it's moral reprehensible, right? So you can take the Bible out of it even at this point. It has nothing to do with even what that says. If you just look at the root word of what it means. So people walking around saying, well, I'm moral, but they're doing evil, they're lying. (laughs) They have to be. Because they don't understand that the definition of evil is to be reprehensibly unmoral. So you can't have it both ways. All right? I, I promise, we're we going some way with this. Because this is important because I started asking the Lord some questions. Not because I'm trying to challenge him, not because I, I don't believe, but I just thought it was important that I know. Because the problem is, is that we see evil all the time. But most of the people that claim that they don't know God, don't believe in God, or don't want to know God, the first thing they bring up is about evil. That's right. Every time. Well, why can't we explain that? So that was my question. So, Lord, help me to understand why that question comes up all the time. Okay? So I want to do this. He asked me a question. He asked me two questions. The first one was, where in the Bible does it first talk about evil? That was the first question. All right? So then when I went to that, all right, so we all know the first time the evil is mentioned in the Bible is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay? All right? So I got that. So the next question he asked me is, was the tree evil? Was the tree evil? Now, at first, you can't jump out there too fast. (laughs) All right? So, but that was the question, and I said, what, Lord? Pretty simple question, son. Was the tree evil? So then I had to go back. Let's look at the pattern. Is that okay? Let's go back and look at the pattern. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and said, let let there be light, and he said it was good. Hmm? He made the seas and the land, and he said, let it be good. He made the trees, the plants, the animals, and he said, let it be good. He made the seasons, divided night and day, put the stars and moons and everything in them. It's good. Right? He created man. When it was done, he said, it is very good. Right? All right? So we got a little bit more. Praise God. Right. So it was very good. So now, all of a sudden, though, now we get to this tree. We have the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and good and evil. So now, all the way up to this point, 
everything God has made has been good. So when I asked God the question, when he asked me the question, I said, oh, okay. So it's interesting. So the question I had was, is that why would God deviate from what he's been already been doing? For six days and all, he, he's been creating everything and everything's been good. So why all of a sudden would he create a tree that's evil? That, that was my question. Right? So to me, that didn't make any sense. Does that make any sense to you? Does it? No, it doesn't make sense to me either. All right? So now I'm going to get to this root of why there's evil in the world. Because this is what he explained to me. The tree well, had to be good because he created it. Everything up to that point was good. The tree wasn't the problem. This is the part that we have to see here because I think sometimes, unfortunately, we see things and we read things, but we misinterpret it slightly. Because it's easy to think, well, God, you said the tree is full of knowledge of good and evil, then it has to be evil. No, it doesn't. The tree itself was not evil. It couldn't have been. It's in paradise. How could the tree itself be evil? But what the tree represents, here's starting to be the problem. Because now God says, hold up, you can do what you, all of this stuff is yours. You get to walk with me, talk with me, worship me. I got all these trees, we got all of these beautiful plants, you got all these animals, you got all this great stuff going on. But he says one thing, don't eat of this tree. The only thing in the whole garden, he says, don't do that. And he's specific. He says, don't eat of the tree. All right. So now that gets to the whole thing of when they first touched it, nothing happened. Well, there's a reason why that didn't nothing happen. All right. So now that we know that evil means, what does it mean again? Morally reprehensible. All right. So. The problem is, is that the tree represented a decision point for us. Uh It's not that the tree was evil. The problem is, is that to eat of a tree, of that specific tree, we had to do evil to do that. You can't eat of the tree through your actions without disobedience, which is against God. It's completely against his character. So in doing that, then we got evil. It wasn't the fact that the tree was evil. So we had to make sure that we have an understanding of what we're seeing when we look at the word of God. The tree was fine. As long as our actions didn't go against it. So now, I'm going to be a little blunt here. So when we we get asked the question, well, where did evil come from? You know what the answer is? Us. It had nothing to do with God. God didn't do anything. We did it. So the question is, well, why is all this evil and God so good? It is God's good. Now it gets even better now because God is really good because now he's going to save us from all of that stuff that we didn't done. Because it wasn't him that brought the evil. We did. 
And I know this to be a fact, too, because how do I know this? Because of Satan. Same thing happened to him. So in heaven, you mean to tell me that God had a little pot on the side that had evil in it and Satan just (laughs) drunk of it? No, there's no way. The word tells us that he got filled with pride, which is a directly against the character of God. And because of that, he got kicked out. But it was still his choice to do it. So the question is, is that we had the free will to make a decision to choose God. It's always been the case, and it's the same case now. Because God ain't going to force you to get saved. You either accept Jesus or you don't. Right. So it started out with the tree and then it ended with the tree of what Jesus did, because he hung on that tree of a cross for us to bear our sins. It's always been about what we wanted to do. But sometimes we don't hear that. Now, today, sometimes it's about what we want to do, too. Not about what God wants us to do. So if we're looking for good, then we have to align ourselves with God. There's no way to get around that fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, right there. Life is a picture being painted by an infinite amount of decision points. We got a lot of decisions to make all the time. From what clothes you're going to wear today to if you're going to buy a house in five years. But all of those things are ba- painting a picture of our lives. Because we're going to be able to look back on it and say, well, I did do that. I did do that. Yeah. Now, the, the question is, is that are we going to make decisions that are going to be lining us with God or not aligning with him at all? Our decisions are so important, saints. We have thousands of them every day. Am I going to go through that light? Am I going to turn left here? Am I going to speed up here? Am I going to get gas at that pump? Am I going to get the kids tonight? Are you going to get the kids tonight? What are we going to eat? It, it never ends. That's right. But we have to be cognizant, though, of the fact of how important they are. Because if we're not, then we take advantage of the fact that we're making them. Mm. Then it's easy to get track of, did I actually do that? I, I, did I do that? Yeah, I did it. I made that decision. And then we fall into, unfortunately, sometimes the self-pity, the things that come after that, the shame, uh, woe is me, right? Now, I'm not saying bad things don't happen to us. We we know that. But some things are just because we didn't make the right decisions at the time. And we had to be big enough to own up to that. All right? Amen? Amen. All right, so let's, let's talk about these, these scriptures over in Mark a little bit. So um, with God's goodness, though, comes a couple challenges. So that's what we'll talk about today. Because there were specific things that Jesus asked this young ruler when he talked to him. All right, and that's what we're going to go through, and then we're going to get out of here. All right, so challenges from the goodness of God is what we're going to be talking about today. All right, so there's three of them. So the first one is in uh, Mark 10, 19. Did I write the right scripture? Yes. Okay. So the first one is when he starts talking about when Jesus answers him and says, um, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. 
All right. So the first one is the goodness of God will challenge us to align our behaviors with God's character. So right off the gate, Jesus is saying, now he knows because he's God, but he's asking the question because it's not important that Jesus knows. It's important whether the man knows it or not. Right? The same reason he asks us questions. He doesn't ask us questions because he don't know the answer. That's right. Amen. He's asking us because he wants us to look at our lives and say, does our, my life line up to what he's saying? That's right. mm-hmm. It's for us. Yeah. So Jesus says, well, don't do any of these things. Now, the great thing is, is that the man comes back and says, I've done this all my life, right? So, but when I talk about the character of God, I went over to Galatians, right? And it talks about the fruit of the spirit, right? So right above that, though, what do we have? The works of the flesh, though. That's all of that stuff that's going on that we see all the time. Murder and uh, drunkenness and um, stealing, um, fornication, adultery. All of those things are listed. And then right under that, then God talks about it. But the great thing about the fruit of the spirit is it's not only about the fruit, but it's the sentence after that. That, that's the part I want to focus on. So let, let, I'm going to go over there real quick because I'm going to read it to you. I want to make sure you. So go over to Galatians 5:22. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So that's all great stuff. But the next point is even just as important. It says, against such, there is no law. So meaning that if there is no law against it, then nobody is ever going to come back to you if you're operating in those nine and say that's bad. So God is saying if we operate with his character, there's no way anybody could ever come back to us and say that was evil. It's impossible because God is saying there is no law against any of these. These can be done until for eternity. There's never an issue. But the problem is, is that the world has turned this around and they've skewed the perspective to say, well, if I don't want to necessarily do these, then I can do what I want, though. And that gets back to what I started with of good. I mean, evil being good and good being evil, because now what you hear is, well, what makes that be good? Because people don't have a moral framework. They want to evaluate it at a point in time, which you cannot do. You can't do it. And you can't say that you don't know either. Because if you know what good is, then you have to know what evil. It's the complete opposite. It has to be. So if you know one, you know both. So when they say, well, I don't know, I don't really know if that's good or not. Yes, you do. You have to know. There's no way to get around that. So you can't use that as a cop out to say, well, I I just I didn't know that was wrong. Even if you don't know God. That's true. I, I know that because the man didn't know God. He said, I want to know how to inherit eternal, li- uh, eternal life. So this is not about knowing God. This is just human in general. You have to know what is good and what is evil. You already know. Everybody already knows. The question is, is that are you going to act upon it? So do our actions line up with those characteristics? Because the good thing about the fruit of the Spirit is, and Apostle has talked about this multiple times, you can't just pluck one out and leave the other ones. Right. right? It's not a list. 
And the reason I know it's not a list is if you look it up grammatically, if it were a list, it should have an and at the end of that statement. It doesn't. Because an and means that it's a conjunction, meaning that there's this and that, right? So you don't have to have one or the other. But I'm going to put them together because they need to be put together, right? It's two independent thoughts when you have an and. This is not an independent thought. God is not saying that we can just take a couple of them and do the ones we like and then not do the other ones. That's right. That, that's not how this one works. You either get all of them or you get none of them. So there is no cherry picking. <laughs> I don't know for those who used to play basketball back in the day. We used to call those guys that used to stay down on the offensive end of the ball. <laughs> They'd be cherry picking. They'd just stay down on the other end. Throw me the ball. Throw me the ball. Right? They're trying to get their points up. Right? They're usually the one that can't play as good, but don't worry about that. <laughs> cherry picking. <laughs> So there should be no cherry picking of God's character. God is going to ask us about our character. If we want to have the fullness of God's goodness, our character will come into play. That's the point you need to see here. There is no way that our character is not going to line up with God, but we're going to get all of his goodness. It's just not going to happen. If it didn't happen for this man, it's not going to happen for us. Jesus asked him point blank what was going on. All right, y'all ready to get the second one? All right. Second one is in uh, Mark 10, 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack. All right, so the goodness of God will challenge the current conditions of our hearts. So now Jesus said, now I'm, I'm going to move away a little bit from your behaviors. Let's, let's talk about your heart now. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, now, now we got to really, Lord, now you're not going to ask about my heart, are you? Yeah, yes, I yeah, 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 right? So, keep hitting this the wrong way, sorry. So, he's talking about his heart here. It says, and over in Romans 2 and 4, it says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads man to repentance? So, God is saying that the first evidence that we know of his goodness is, is that he leads us to repentance. Yes. Yes. That's a good thing. That is. Because if he didn't care, he just wouldn't say anything. So we got to understand that God's goodness may not equate to what we believe goodness should look like. Because goodness might be saying, you need to examine your heart a little bit. Because a good father is going to tell you what you need to do to improve, not to stay the way you are. That's right. And we sometimes don't want to change. We'd rather just say, God, we, we, we can bypass that. We're okay there. But he asked this man, right, straight up. This time he didn't actually really ask him. He just told him. He said, but, yeah, there's one thing you'd like, though. Yeah. <laughs> right? So he had too much attachment to the things that he had. He's trusting in those things. That was one of the bigger ones because if you keep reading, that's when it talks about pulling um, an eye through the candle of the needle, Right? Well, God is not really talking about the wealth per se. He's talking about a man that has wealth and his trust in the wealth. That's what the scripture is talking about, right? So he's saying there's no way you're going to get saved if you're going to trust in them things here. With man, that is impossible. But with God, all things is possible. So then he says, but with me, you can get saved. That's basically what he's saying, right? So we have to make sure 
that we look at the character of our hearts. Come on, man. Hmm. Yeah, really. Here. <laughs> Do it. Yes, yes, yes. You do. God is willing to find us where we are, but he loves us too much to leave us where we were. See, sometimes we just happy that God found us. Oh, thank you, Lord. You found me. Oh, I really needed you. You're so awesome. I love you. I worship you. But then God says, well, now I need you to take a step a little bit. And you say, wait a minute. Hold up. You, you actually want me to move somewhere? Yeah. He loves us too much. I want you to hear this. He loves us too much to leave us where we were. What that means is, is that he loves you too much to let you stay in the condition Come you on. were. Yes. That's, That's a good father. See, but we got to change our mindsets to see this, that this is what makes God good. Yeah. Yeah. Not because we can get things, not because he blesses us necessarily. Yeah. It's because he actually cares about who we are. Amen. Amen. And he's aligning us to him. Mm-hmm. And then when we go out there, then it shows. Yeah. 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 Because the issue is, is that the world doesn't think that God is good. That's the problem. That's the problem. There you go. And the reason they don't is, is because our hearts haven't changed enough. Because what they see is us. Well, you go to church every Sunday. Come on, bro. You say you pray two times every day. And but that's what you did because now your behavior didn't line up and now your heart is showing and they're saying, well, how the heck can God be good? Uh, how is that possible? Come on, man. You're telling me you're there every Sunday, every prayer service. Because we we got to show the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And the way we show it the best is, is that we're not that same person no more. We've heard it time and time again. I remember when you used to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because that's not who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. See, sometimes we, re- we read that wrong as that's an insult, but really, it's actually, that's God's goodness all over Come you. Come on. Because they had to take note. It wasn't just they saw it. They had to see it and then tell you about it. Yeah. I'm not just going to walk up to somebody and tell them something if it doesn't mean anything Come to on. me. Yeah. You don't do that. How, why, do you do that randomly? Yeah. No. So what that means is, is that the change in you actually touched their lives. Yes. And then that's when we say glory be to God. Yes. Because that means that your goodness of God is all over all you. Over. Yes. It has to be. Yes. It has to be. So the challenge, though, is, is that are we going to allow God to continue to change us? Because I got to get changed, too. This was one of those ones where he, 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 he got me good because I've been asking questions and he kept telling me, son, there's still more there. And I couldn't see it. But I didn't dig hard enough for it. I didn't put it all together. And this is where it gets serious about our relationship with Jesus because we got to have it. It's not enough for us to just come in here, guys not. If we go out the same way we came in, then we're not any different. We look just like everybody else does. And then they have nothing to anchor what God can do for them. 
The third one is in Mark 10, 21. It says, and come, take up your cross and follow me. So the last one. The goodness of God will challenge your willingness to taste and see that the Lord is good. All right. So the scripture talks about taste and see. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So the last part of this is, is that we sometimes have to be willing to give up things in our lives so that we can see God's goodness. Because there's some things that he's not going to pour on top of the stuff we already got. It's just not going to happen. So now he goes to this man and says, okay, now after you've given everything you got, then now I need you to come with me, take up your cross, and follow me. Now it's all about what direction you want to go in. Now I'm going to show you what plan I have for you, but are you going to follow that plan? But more importantly, are you going to follow the path that I tell you to go on? That's what God is asking this man. Um, and he's asking us the same thing as well. We have to be willing to be able to do this. We have to be able to actively taste and see that he is good. Because we don't really know unless we do it. So it's like having this, like, I, I wanted to, um, one of the things that most people didn't know me, know I love, I like cars. I got it, honestly, from my daddy. I'm going to blame it on him. Okay. Don't tell him, though, okay? <laughs> but I used to hear people talk about, man, when you rev that thing up, it's going to be all the hook. I'm like, yeah. I believed him, but I didn't know for sure because I had never done it. So my, what I wanted to do is I want to experience that for myself. I want to know without a shadow of a doubt when somebody says, when you turn over a Corvette, it really rumbles like that. <laughs> I want to know. I want to feel it. I want to be in that leather. Come on, man. I want to have my hand on the steering oh, wheel. I want to be cropped back, yeah. I don't want to be so low, the wheels just feel the road, right? But I couldn't do that if I never got in the car. So the same thing happens to us spiritually. God is saying, there's a lot of things that I have for you. But if you're not willing to actively, maybe potentially give up a couple things that you think are necessary now to get what I have for you, then you can never really experience my goodness. Because there's so much more to me than just that. But you got to give up some of that other stuff. Yeah, got to let it go. But now it's not about just what you heard, it's what you know. Come on, come on, yeah. Because the word talks about that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, right? Well, your testimony means that you had to actually experience it. Yes. It's not a, oh, I heard, right? What has more validity? The same thing in court, right? What has more validity? Well, I heard him say that he shot the guy or that you saw him do it. Come on, that you saw it. That you saw it, right? right? So how much more evidence and how much would our faith grow when we know when God says that I am a healer, that you know it for sure? Yeah. How much more will it mean to you when God says I am a provider but because you know for sure that the time that you were down and out, he had you. The time when the money was running out and it, it came. The check came right at the right time. The job offer came right at the right time. The payment came through. Whatever it happens to be. You've got to be, we've got to be able to let go of some of this stuff. It's weighing us down. Because God is challenging us. 
to taste and see how good he is. Now, here's the great thing about this tasting and seeing, and I'm, I'm about done. Everything that he's going to allow us to taste and see is better than what we're going to give up. Wait a minute now. So you thought it was good then, and, God, and then you let it go. God says, yeah, but now I got something even better for you. You thought that job was good, but now nah, that really wasn't the good one. Here's the good one right here. Yeah, you may not have understood why that went the way it did, but it went that way because you trusted me enough. Just, you prayed, you, I heard you. Said, now, now the door opened. So we have to understand that we're going to get a whole lot more than what we're going to lose. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. God is a multiplier. Yeah. He multiplies. We never get back the same thing we gave up. Never. Amen. Never have you seen God do that. You always get more. The problem is, is that when we're in it, sometimes we don't, under, we don't see it. We don't see the more. We just see the lack. Come on. Come on. Come on. So we have to say, God, open my eyes so that I can see the more. Yes. Hallelujah. So this morning, I hope that I was able to, through the Holy Spirit, to, to just show you some of the things that God has for us. This is not anything bad, saints. This is what I always say. God is trying to teach us so that we know. Mm -hmm. All we got was some more clarity. God says now when you had to understand it, then you can walk it in. You can walk in this. God's goodness is all over the place. But we have to be an accurate representation of his goodness. And when we are, the church is all going to be overflowing because people are searching. They're searching for what's good. But when you've been tricked and deceived into thinking that you can make your own good, it's a sad state because we can't do it in and of ourselves. The world is proving it. Doesn't matter necessarily what they're saying. Their actions are proving it. Are things getting better? No, they're not. Because our moral compasses are off. But we got to understand that the morality that we live in is a direct indication of God's goodness. God's goodness flows right through it. Yeah? Hallelujah. I hope you were blessed by this this morning. you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org That's change C-H-A-N-G-E A-T-C the number 3.org or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.